And good morning, listeners, and welcome to Sacred Space here in West Limit 102. My name is John Keeley. Delighted to have you join us this morning, this wonderful morning, Pentecost uh, morning, Sunday morning. Uh, joined uh, on the other end of the line by Shane Ambrose. Welcome back, Shane, and thank you indeed for joining us this morning. Good morning, John, and good morning to our listeners. Thank you very much indeed. Also, my my uh, my dear lady wife is just joining us for just the first part of the program. Good morning, Anne. It's your first time on the program. Good morning, John. Thanks morning, a lot for joining John. us. And we have a very special guest joining us this morning, uh, the Abbot of Glenstore, uh, Mark Patrick Hedeman. Good morning. Good morning, John and Shane and all your listeners. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, the abbot will be joining us in the second and third part, uh, speaking about the Holy Spirit and Pentecost. But just before we do, as I normally do, uh, I welcome you all uh, to, to join us for this special hour each Sunday morning. Uh, it's, it's especially designed for those people who can't get out of bed, can't get out of the house this morning. You're very welcome, and we hope that the Holy Spirit will have something special for you this morning. For those of you who are travelling, take care. For those of you who are listening to us on our repeat programme, which goes out on Sunday morning, uh, excuse me, Thursday evening at 10.30, you're welcome. And especially for those people who listen to us on our podcast. And uh, there's a podcast of this programme, indeed every programme, goes up on our website, which is www.sacredspace102.blogspot.com. And thanks again for all those people who've given us so much encouragement over the time when we meet them and uh, they add email and they add text, asking us to keep the program going. And indeed, we do. And thank you for your prayers. If you don't want to offer any suggestions at all to the program, please do so by contacting the station here during the week on 0696200. You can drop a line to West Limit 102 Radio, Shane's Road, Newcastle West. Or you can also contact us by email, which is on sacredspace102 at gmail.com. Okay, to start off the program, we, we won't uh, delay too long this morning. Um, this particular part of the program, we used to have a prayer space. And this is where we usually remember people, um, especially those of, you know those people who, are, who might be sick and asking for our prayer this particular time. Because it's the month of May, though, we, we are continuing on with, uh, with one decade of the rosary that we have by Dana and Father Scanner. But before we do that, I'm going to ask Anne to read um, a spiritual communion prayer that we read every Sunday morning. Okay, please. Thanks. My Jesus, I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot now receive you sacramentally, come spiritually into my soul. I embrace you as already there. I unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. Thank you very much indeed, Anne. Of course, that that was Anne's first few words said on West Limit Radio and on Sacred Space. Thanks again for that, Anne. Okay, at this particular part, we'll go for that piece of music as promised. Uh, excuse me, for the decade of the rosary. It's uh, part of the Luminous Mysteries. We're on Luminous number four this week by Dana and Father Scanlon, and this one is the Transfiguration. So let's say this. The fourth Luminous Mystery, the Transfiguration. And as he was praying, the appearance of his face altered and his clothing became dazzling white. This is truly a mystery of light. The glory of Jesus, the Son of God, shines forth. The light of the Godhead is seen on the face of Christ, while the Father proclaims to the astounded apostles, This is my Son, my chosen one. Listen to him. Lord, we have never seen you transfigured like this, but we have seen the transforming radiance of your presence on the faces of others. 
on the young mother with her afflicted child, on the man arriving home from work, on the old priest as he offers the bread and wine, on the young nun as she moves lovingly among the starving poor. Jesus, those who listen to you are always transformed by your word. Even in suffering, you show us the joy of the resurrection and a life transformed by the presence of the Holy Spirit. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. O oh my Jesus, forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell, and lead all souls to heaven, especially those most in need of your mercy. Sacred Space on West Limerick 102.
And welcome back to the second part of Sacred Space in West Limit 102. My name is John Keeley. Join on the other end of the line, I got Shane Ambrose and Mark, Mark Heatherman, the Abbot of Glenstall. As we all know, a very special feast uh, today, uh, the Feast of Pentecost, a very special day for the Holy Spirit. Mark, you might lead us into a reflection there, please? I would be delighted, John. Thank you. And I welcome everybody, especially those who are in bed or who are ill, because today is the day when the Holy Spirit is really present to us all. Mm-hmm. We have to go back to the original scene in the upper room. All the disciples were gathered with Our Lady. And actually they were all terrified. They were being persecuted, basically. And then they said there was a huge wind mm. that came around the, the room. But. The Holy Spirit wasn't in the great wind. We have to actually take very seriously the imagery of the story, that each person was sitting around the room and a tongue of fire landed on each individual head. Mm -hmm. So the Holy Spirit never comes without our permission. At this moment, if you're in bed or in a car or anywhere, the Holy Spirit is in a tongue of fire over your head asking for landing permission. And that will never take place unless we freely consent, just as Our Lady did at the Annunciation Mm -hmm. when she was filled with the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is, without any doubt, the most underutilized asset in the Church. We have never really emphasized sufficiently that there are three persons of the Trinity all working for our salvation, all trying so desperately to bring us to where they want us to be, which is in perfect communion with them. Mm -hmm. And each of the three has their own particular role. And it was necessary for Jesus to leave us so that the Spirit would come. That's the strange mystery, that we couldn't keep on clinging to the human presence of Jesus. He had to go Mm. so that the Spirit could be sent. So we have to really believe that the Spirit is in our hearts and that we only have to summon the Spirit, so that when we're praying, we don't have to make any effort. We don't have to say an awful lot of words. We don't have to scrunch ourselves up into concentration. On the contrary, we have to lower ourselves down to relax and just go down to where the three persons of the Trinity are already in conversation with each other in our hearts, and we only have to join in that conversation. Mm-hmm. There, are, there are special days of the year when this is most important, and today, Pentecost, is the most important day, and therefore each one of us must recognize this is a very privileged moment for us to get in touch with the Holy Spirit, who is our dearest friend. There is no person in this earth that is nearer to you than the Holy Spirit or who can help you and can be there when you need help. So the Anamkara, as John O'Donoghue used to Mm -hmm. tell us about, that is the person who we have at all times at our disposal, waiting for us to call 
and then we have this tremendous facility. So the Holy Spirit has been there all the time, from the beginning of creation, when the Holy Spirit brooded over the water and mm. chaos. There is no question. It wasn't that Jesus had to come in order to release the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has been there all the time in all countries of the world, uh, in his, and it was the Holy Spirit who organized Christ's arrival. It was the Holy Spirit who filled Mary's womb and was the person who organized the birth of Christ. It was the Holy Spirit who descended on Christ at his baptism. So the Holy Spirit has been the person who was almost like the director of the play mm. in which Christ was the main part. And so Christ came on earth to show us exactly what God looks like in human form, and we can never have a more perfect template, a more perfect example of what God is like, and they, all of the three persons of the Trinity spent the whole of that life telling us, do not be afraid, every time Jesus met anybody, that's the first thing he said to them, do not be afraid, God is love. If your heart condemns you, God is greater than your heart. But we, we don't believe that. We, we think that we're too bad, we're too evil, mm -hmm. that God will have nothing to do with us. They keep on trying to tell us in parables and in direct phrases. And the Holy Spirit is there to confirm this message and mm -hmm. to make sure that we have at all times somebody to answer the phone when we pick it up. Lovely. Shane, have you got anything there you'd like to add there for a second? I, I, I love that idea, actually, that, that, that Mark mentioned at the start, that you know, the Holy Spirit is there waiting almost for permission to come into our lives. But of course, that is, that is the great thing. It's something that's still happening. Pentecost wasn't just something that happened 2,000 years ago. Of course, you know, if, you're, if you're online, of course, one of the things you come across again and again kind of in the blogosphere is the fact that they describe it as, you know, today's the happy birthday of the Church in some respects. Because in the upper room, of course, you have the, the very beginnings of our Christian community down you know, there, and it's confirmed almost by the arrival of the Spirit. But the thing about it, of course, is that the Spirit came and it sent them out. It wasn't something, I suppose, that was to be kept and confined in the upper room. You know, it, the Spirit drove them out into the streets of Jerusalem and start, caused them to start you know, spreading the good news that they had to share. And I suppose that's one thing, you know, that we have to, I suppose, look at on this Pentecost Day. If you're looking at our own lives and our own experiences, I suppose, first of all, are we open and aware to the Spirit in our lives and to the speaking of the Spirit in our hearts? You know, there's a great analogy from Kings where Elijah goes seeking God, and it's not in the great wind, it's mm. a small, still voice that appeals to us, that, you know, is speaking to us in our hearts, in our innermost, innermost being. And that question, of course, is, a, are we making space for that? And then, of course, the other side of it is, as a Christian community, you know, are we listening to the Spirit? We have to listen to it as individuals, we have to listen to it as a Christian community, and then from that listening, are we sharing what we have heard? You know, it's, it's kind of sharing the fruits of contemplation in some respects. And I suppose that's one thing, I suppose, that challenges us this Pentecost Day, that, first of all, being able to listen, first of all, to the Spirit for ourselves, been able to listen to it in dialogue as a Christian community, to be able to listen to each other, 
and then as that Christian community, I suppose, to reach out and share uh, with wider society, because that's what the first Pentecost did. They shared the message with each other, it was confirmed by the Spirit, and then they went out to share that good news. And of course, Mark, uh, as children, we learned about the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit and the fruits of the Holy Spirit. Would you like to say anything on that? Well, before that, I'd mm-hmm. like to say, I would take up what Shane is saying, mm-hmm. that uh, what the Catcher in the Rye says, that after Jesus' death, the disciples were about as much used to him as a hole in the head. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they were all hiding, they were all terrified, mm-hmm. and they were all in the upper room, actually, as if they were on some kind of a prison mm-hmm. and when when the holy spirit came then they changed completely and people thought they were drunk yeah they so transformed them so i don't think we have much problem once the holy spirit takes over our lives the holy spirit will tell us what to do and then the only thing we've got to do is do it and that's a tremendous privilege working for the holy spirit there's no more satisfaction life on this earth, but it may be something very small you're asked to do, or it may be something very big. And and the other, what Shane was saying about the community, the important thing is that any person in the community can be inspired by the Holy Spirit. It isn't just the people in charge. Hmm. That was absolutely clear in the early church, and in the rule of St. Benedict, which I follow, The rule was written in 480, and St. Benedict says that if any important thing is to be done, the whole community is to be gathered together, and the question put before them. And the reason, he says, why the whole community are to be brought together is because God sometimes prefers to reveal to the youngest what he wants done. Mm -hmm. So we have to recognize that this is really not a gift that's given simply to those who are in authority, that the Holy Spirit is a person-to-person gift, and there are so many people today listening to this program. Every single one of those people should be in direct contact with the Holy Spirit. That's their privilege. That's their birthright as Christians. So uh, this is not um, something which is reserved. And so I agree completely with what... Now, the gifts they they say about the Holy Spirit, um, that was during the Middle Ages. Mm. They decided to try and nominate the kind of things that the Holy Spirit would would do. Mm. And these were then counteracting the uh, sins against, you know, pride, covetousness, lust, anger, Mm. pride, and these were... Seven was the sacred number, yeah. and therefore they wanted everything in terms of seven. seven. Yeah. But the actual truth of the matter is that the Holy Spirit gives the Holy Spirit as a whole person to us. Yes. And so every gift is ours, and anything we need in order to do whatever the Holy Spirit wants to do. If the Holy Spirit tells you that you're meant to to be the next president of Ireland, well, then you will receive whatever is necessary, the gifts that are necessary mm-hmm. for that. Uh, you just, as you take the first step forward, and like Joan of Arc, before you know where you are, you're in charge of the army. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
It's interesting, actually, you know, you talk about gifts, and I suppose one of the things, one of the traditions that's associated with the Holy Spirit is, of course, the creative gift of the Spirit. And it was interesting, you know, when you were starting the, the reflection, you mentioned about, of course, it was there at the beginning in terms of creation and kind of bringing order out of chaos, uh, creative order out of chaos, if you like. Yes. You know, and that beautiful idea then, of course, that the Spirit coming on Mary at the Annunciation and the creative force of the Spirit then, you know, bringing the God-man into our own existence, into the own plane of our own reality. And it's a beautiful idea, kind of the sacred feminine with the Holy Spirit, the creativeness of it, the openness to being open to whatever it will bring. Yes, that's so true. And, And it is the feminine principle of the Trinity, the Spirit. And the, you know the wonderful thing that I take from this, uh, from from your reflection uh, this morning, has been that the Holy Spirit is open to us all. That there's absolutely, no absolutely, really absolutely. And the seven gifts. You remember they were wisdom, mm. understanding, counsel, mm. fortitude, pride. These were all. Uh, see, they're the same. What's wisdom, understanding, knowledge, piety, fear of the Lord? They're, they're saying the same thing mm. in different words, but they were trying to get it to number seven. You know, so <laughs> they had their own way of. Um, describing this to their people. We have to find our own way of doing it. And what Shane says, you see, it's creativity is the gift of the Holy Spirit, the biggest gift of the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit speaks through artists, musicians, people who sometimes don't actually believe that they, they tell you they're an atheist or they tell you they've lost their faith. But their music is where the Holy Spirit is speaking through them. Mm-hmm. And that's coming from the unconscious where nobody knows. That's what it says in St. John's Gospel. You know that the Spirit blows where the Spirit will. Nobody knows where it comes from. Nobody knows where it's going. We don't know. And that's the great thing about it. Nobody has possession or monopoly of the Spirit. And if they tell you they have, then they're a tyrant. And on that note... Uh, we might just take a break if you don't mind uh, and come back to it in the third part because it's time for us to go to a break I might just take one piece of music here that I think might be fitting at this particular stage it's by John Michael Talbot from his album um, Signatures and it's entitled Come Holy Spirit let's hear this Holy Spirit Lord of life from the clear celestial height thy pure beaming radiance give come thou father of the poor come
Sacred Space on West Limerick 102. And welcome back to the third part of Sacred Space here in West Limerick 102. My name is John Keeley. Still on, on the other end of the line, we got Shane Ambrose and uh, Mark Heatherman from Glenstall. This is the most important part of the program that we do any week, which is where we, we read the Word of God uh, in the Gospel and reflect on the same. So this morning, I'll invite Shane to, um, to pray the prayer before reading and reflecting on Scripture that we always pray. Lord, we thank you for putting us in the presence of your word, which you inspired in your prophets. May we approach this word reverently, attentively, and humbly. May we not despise this word, but receive all it has to say to us. We know that our hearts are closed, often incapable of comprehending the simplicity of your word. Send your spirit to us, so that receiving the word in truth and simplicity, our lives may be transformed by it. Let us not be resistant, Lord. May your word penetrate us like a two-edged sword. May our hearts be open to it. Let not our eyes be closed nor our minds wander. But may we give ourselves entirely to this listening. We ask this, Father, in union with Mary, who used to recite the Psalms through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. Thanks for that, Jen. Okay, the Gospel for today is taken from the Gospel of St. John, and um, it goes like this. Jesus said to his disciples, When the Advocate comes, whom I shall send to you from the Father, the Spirit of Truth who issues from the Father, he will be my witness, and you too will be my witnesses, because you have been with me from the outset. I still have many things to say to you, but there will be too much for you now. But when the Spirit of Truth comes, he will lead you to the complete truth, since he will not be speaking as from himself, but he will only say what he has learnt and he will tell you of the things to come. He will glorify me, since all he tells you will be taken from what is mine. Everything the Father has is mine, that is why I say, all he tells you will be taken from what is mine. And that's the Gospel for this week, for Pentecost Sunday. Mark, would you kick us off with a reflection on that, please? Well, this is where the Advocate is the Spirit of Truth. Mm. And what the Gospel tells us is that whenever we are seeking guidance, whenever we want to do anything, whenever we have any job we need to do, we should ask the Spirit to guide us. And that's especially true for the poor unfortunates who are doing the leaving certificate very shortly, that when they get the paper, they should actually not look at it first they should first of all pray, come Holy Spirit. That's all you've got to do, pray, come Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And then, before you answer each question, you go down into yourself and say, come Holy Spirit. And then, 
he will reveal the truth. He will guide you into all the truth. So whatever we're doing, any work whatsoever, hmm. it's the most important prayer to say, uh, guide us, because this is what the advocate, that's a strange word, it's a word taken from the law court. Hmm. It's a friend. The Holy Spirit is nearer to us than our own heartbeat. But what he is doing is telling us what Jesus was and did during his life, because we weren't there, and even those who were there didn't know the significance of it. They didn't know what each one of his movements, each one of his gestures was really meaning. Mm -hmm. That's why we do the Stations of the Cross, where we take every movement that he made. But we shouldn't just do the Stations of the Cross for his passion. We should do the Stations of the Cross from the first minute he put his foot on the planet. And the Holy Spirit is there to remind us what it is like to be the perfect image of God on this earth, and we can actually become that if we allow this spirit to be our guide. So it is the most wonderful privilege, and it's not something forced on us. It's something we're invited to use and to be a friend of. So I certainly have found all through my life it is the most comforting and the most exciting kind of relationship that one can possibly have. And, uh, and uh, Shane? Yeah, um, looking at this week's Gospel, John, um, I have to say it was, um, it was a challenge. Because of course, the tradition on the programme is that we, we stick with the Gospel alone. Mm-hmm. And it would have been, I think, a bit easier <laughs> if we were using Acts this week. Because the passage itself, you know, when you just read it, and if you just write, read it in isolation, it wouldn't make a whole pile of sense to you to a certain extent. And of course, that's one of the things that we, we say to people when, we're do, when we do Lexio each week, is that we, you, know, you must be conscious of the passage and also where it's coming from and where it's going to in John's Gospel. Mm-hmm. And, and of course, this week's Gospel is taken from the Great Discourse at the Last Supper, where Jesus is kind of trying to, I suppose, sum up in a sense the message he's trying to give his apostles, kind of to prepare them for what's to happen and then for what's to come afterwards. And of course, we have this great promise of the, you know, the advocate that's coming. And, you know, reflecting on it this week, I suppose, I struggled a bit with the language, I think, was where I got caught on us this week, and I got maybe tied up in it. And it was that word, just like what Mark said, it was that term, advocate, that kind of, that's where I was kind of thinking and focusing this week and just looking at it. And, of course, it's a, it's a term, I suppose, for older listeners, they'd probably be more familiar with the term, the paraclete, because, of course, we, you know, it's the term that we mm. use in the old catechism. We still use it in the divine praises of benediction. And, of course, but it's all, what does that mean? What is the advocate? What is the paraclete? And as, 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 as Mark said, you know, it's that great friend that's there. An advocate in the court is someone that stands by you, that speaks for you when you can't speak for yourself. And I suppose that's something that we need to kind of, rediscovering some sense, you know, that counsellor, that friend, that person that's there to speak for us, to us, and with us, is, I suppose, something that we have to rediscover, because often the Holy Spirit, I suppose, is the forgotten part of the Holy Trinity. You know, it's interesting, you know, this week we have the Pentecost, the Feast of the Holy Spirit, next Sunday is the Feast of Trinity Sunday, and it's just to remind ourselves, I suppose, that friend is there. You know, and as Jesus said himself, you know, you too will be my witnesses because you have been with me from the outset. So even now, we are witnesses because the Spirit is with us. And it's for, I suppose for each of us to find, what does that mean? 
Yeah, uh, you just mentioned that word there, you know, you'll be my witnesses. And, and uh, just to remind people again, Lecture Divina every Monday night from 8.15 to 9.15 <laughs> in Newcastle West. It, it's a wonderful experience there with Father Frank Duick. There's about 20 of us there. And again, just just as you said, and I'm sure Mark has been saying too, you let the Spirit speak to you. And what was speaking to me this week, or what I got caught on, was you two will be my witnesses. And the more that I listen to the programme and the more I understand is that we certainly need the Holy Spirit for that because we certainly couldn't do it ourselves. Wouldn't that be fair to say now, Mark? Oh, I quite agree. I mean, there's two ways of living your life. You either invent things and you do something that you make up yourself or else you become a spokesperson for the Holy Spirit. And all you've got to do there is listen and then give out the message without any changes in it or without any adjustments made by yourself. What you're told, and that can happen in the spur of the moment. You meet somebody who comes to you for help. Mm. You meet somebody who asks you a question, asks you, what should I do? And the minute they ask you, you don't spurt out the answer. You ask the Holy Spirit, help me, help me. And then the answer comes, and you're surprised yourself yeah. at what the answer is like. And sometimes you touch people without knowing you're touching them because the Spirit is using you to speak to them. Mm-hmm. Shane, would you, want, would you want to add, it, add something else to that? Uh, just, I suppose, one last thought. It's actually interesting that, you know, that, that whole concept of listening. I, it, it was funny, just when I knew um, uh, Mark was coming on the program, I just picked up my copy of, of the Rule of St. Benedict. And, of course, Benedict's prologue begins, Listen, O my son, to the priestess of thy master. And it's interesting, of course, Jesus is saying to the disciples this week in this week's Gospel, you know, li- you, know I, you would not be able to understand everything I have to say to you now, so you will have to listen to the Spirit. And I suppose that's kind of the thing we need to think about this Sunday. Just being able to be open to be listening. No, no matter, as Mark said, it could be in someone you meet or in the art that you see. To be open to that movement in our heart, I think, is one thing that we're called to do this Sunday. Okay, now, now just before we allow you to go, Mark, maybe you might just give us one final thought that you'd like us to take away with this particular Pentecost Sunday. Well, the thought I really would like people to take away with them on this Pentecost Sunday is that the greatest treasure that any person ever had in their whole life is the friendship and love of the Holy Spirit, which is there now for you at this exact moment, and all you've got to do is tune in. Wonderful. Mark, thank you very much indeed for taking the time to join us this morning. And uh, please, God, you might come and join us again in the program at some other stage. Thank you. At this particular point in the program, we'll go out with a piece of music to finish up this third part. And indeed, as Shane said, that uh, part of the gospel there, one of the one of the phrases that I use myself, you'll be my witnesses, I decided to play that piece of music. It's by... um, Patricia, it's sung by Patricia Burke uh, uh, and uh, composed by Mary Dunn and it's entitled You'll Be My Witnesses. Let's hear this.
Just as his spirit came upon me, so go in my name and my good news proclaim and be my light for everyone to see. Sacred Space on West Limerick 102. And welcome back to the fourth and final pad of Sacred Space in West Limerick 102. As I say, my name is John Cayley. Shane's on the, still on the other end of the line. And all I can say, Shane, is that was a wonderful experience having Father Mark on with us this morning to really uh, enthuse us with the Holy Spirit. Definitely, John, definitely. Glenstall is one of the powerhouses of the church in Ireland, definitely. And that man can Some certainly... Uh, people over there. He can certainly say his piece. Okay, now there's a few bits of pieces we want to get through this morning. Mm-hmm. I might just add it for one particular one, and it's actually... And I know Father Fonzie mentioned it last week, but I just want to remind people again, it's this Limerick Congress Pilgrim Walk. So the people of Limerick will be offered a unique opportunity to prepare for the International Eucharist Congress coming up uh, next month. There'll be a Congress Pilgrim Walk around the city from the 1st of June which is this Thursday coming, 
uh, right up uh, for a week and a half until the 10th of June. And this walk can be called a novena of churches. So the idea of visiting is a succession of churches comes from the old Roman custom of visiting seven churches during Lent and around the city of Rome and praying in each one of them as part of the pilgrim walk. So the organisers of this pilgrim walk have chosen nine churches as there are now nine churches in the inner city of Limerick, the, the churches involved will be the Redemptive Church, Mount St. Alphonsus, St. Joseph's in O'Connell Avenue, the Dominican Church, St. Saviour's in Glenswood Street, St. Augustine's, uh, the Augustine's in O'Connell Street, St. Michael's in Denmark Street, St. Mary's in, uh, I can never pronounce this right, Auckland Street, St. Patrick's Dublin Road, Our Lady Queen of Peace, Janesborough, and St. John. Good, thank you very much indeed. I knew you'd help me out. Mm-hmm. It says English. Anyway, and, and th- now these churches can be visited in any order, any time between the 1st and 10th of June. However... You hang on, you left out three, John. You St. Patrick's in Dublin. Our la- was I interrupted you, sorry. That's all right. St. Patrick's in Dublin, D- Dublin Our Lady Queen of Peace in Janesborough, and of course St. John's Cathedral. Okay, and, th- and th- they can be visited in any order. The idea, however, uh, the above order finishes, uh, so, but you must finish off with the cathedral, isn't that right? I think so, yeah. So a pilgrim, any person who decides to participate, can get a pilgrim card free of charge from each of the participant churches, which can be stamped in each church at a table provided. I assume the idea would be, Shane, not, not exactly a keep fit exercise. Not at all. It's a, it's, it's, it's a lovely idea, actually. They're, they're doing something similar in Dublin. And, of course, the whole idea, it's very similar to the Camino de Santiago de Compostela, which we spoke uh. about on the programme. Because, hmm. of course, at each of the Camino, on the Camino, at each town, you, of course, get your passport stamped to show that you've come along the Camino. So it's a similar idea. Lovely job. Mm. Okay, so now, the two other quick notices. Go on, yeah, that's all. Take your time. Just in relation to the novena, or into the relation to the Congress, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Father Fancy mentioned it again last week, and it was actually up on the Congress official website during the week that there was tickets to be going on sale at participating centre shops, mm-hmm. and it was to be for the upper two top tiers of Croke Park. Mm-hmm. But once again, we will say to people: first of all, it's only two tickets per person. Each ticket is ten euros. But please, please remember, it's the upper tiers of Croke Park. There are no lifts, there are no elevators. So if you have any health issues, if you're not good with heights, and even for people that might be slightly elderly, just please bear in mind, it may not be the best place to go, okay? okay. And just to bear that in mind, when you, if you are thinking about going to Croke Park, you know, the, the spirit might be willing, but the flesh might be weak. <laughs> so just, to bear, just to bear that in mind. And as well as that, there was a notice during the week. We got an email from Noreen, our mm-hmm. friend inside the pastoral centre, and it's just to tell people that there will be a special Congress pilgrim train bringing people to, I presume she means Houston Station, oh, sorry, to Connelly, Station yeah. near Crow mm-hmm. Park mm-hmm. for the closing ceremony. Now, the tickets have to be purchased via uh, Irish Rail, so they have to be propo- either bought online or at the train station. And, and Limerick is one of the only three or four dices in the country to have its own pilgrim train. Um, it has, it has uh, I think it's, it's a, there's, a, there's a limited number of seats, so if you're interested, you know, you need to contact. Get in fast. Yeah, and the other thing is, I'm not, just for people that might be having their pass, I'm not sure if your pass will cover the tickets on the special train. Okay. You'll need to talk to Irish Rail before you can assume that, okay? So just to bear that in mind. 
All right. Okay, lovely job. Now, just before you get on, on with the Saints, um, mm-hmm. ju- I, I just want to mention two things on the Irish Catholic this particular week. One is Mary Deacons in the parishes next month. Now, that's in the in the Archdiocese of Dublin. Might be an idea, Shane, as you're based in Dublin. We might try and get one of those guys maybe to speak to us one of the days. <laughs> if I could track one down. I would track it's one. It's an interesting one. It's definitely something we'll come back to on the programme yeah. because, of course, it's something a lot of people will be interested in and it may cause a certain amount of confusion. It's not something new. Mm-hmm. It's a restoration um, of a very ancient order within the church that was resurrected, or if you like, restored after the Second Vatican Council. It's something which our brethren in the Eastern Orthodox Church have always had, and it's something Ireland is very late to the party in this regard. There are something like 16,000 uh, permanent married deacons around the world, 60% of which are in the United States of America. And we're going to have our first few shortly. That's okay. And we have our first few in Ireland here, 40 years later, but better never. That's we got the, the second part in the Irish Catholic that, that I just want to quickly mention this week is uh, just on page five there, the new um, Irish Mass approved within months. And this is the Vatican is expected to give final approval for the new translation of the Mass into Irish. Yeah, so, yeah, uh, just so people don't get confused, this is the one Oscar got, not the one we've been using. That's <laughs> right. And so, what we might just do, we might have a chat with Father Michal. And Father Michal might come on there, and I'm sure Father Michal can really update us on that. Shane, you got a few saints this week before we close? Yes, very quickly. Uh, the 28th of May is Sir Germanus, Saint Germanus of Paris. He was a bishop and abbot in Paris in, in, in 555 AD. Then, we've actually got a very strong French theme this week, John. Mm, so I see. The 30th of May is the Feast of Saint Joan of Arc, the great uh, saint of France, one of the main patrons of France. Of course, she led the, the French against the English army and drove them out of France after receiving visions from the age of 18 of St. Mary of Margaret of Antioch, Catherine of Alexandra, and Michael the Archangel. She was eventually captured by the English, tried in a rigged tra- 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 trial, mm-hmm. and was burnt at the stake. And she, well, a couple of years after her execution, the church, uh, she was burnt as a heretic. Then the church re-examined the case, and they have canonized her. Now, the 31st of May is interesting. It's the visitation of the Blessed Virgin Mary. So it's the visitation to Elizabeth. Elizabeth, yeah. And I think, John, for yourself and myself, this will probably have a special resonance this year, of course, because we were in Ayn Karim, which is right. the town of the visitation mm-hmm. in the Holy Land. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping to do a post sometime during the week in relation to that. Beautiful. The 1st of June is St. Justin Martyr. He was a person that was executed for the faith. And uh, then on the 2nd of June is the feast of St. Marcellus and Peter. They were martyrs in Rome, and they are one of the, some of the martyrs that are listed in the Eucharistic prayer. And then finally, the now okay, this is where I dis, this is where I disagree, John, with the <laughs> calendar in Ireland. Sorry, bear with me one second. Okay, the third of June is is actually is a Sunday next year. Now, in the Irish calendar, that means it should be the feast of Saint Kevin. Mm-hmm. Of course, because it's a Sunday, it doesn't actually it, doesn't. Uh, it won't be observed. So we move the feast of St. Charles of Wanga and the Ugandan martyrs to the 4th of June. So Ireland gets to celebrate that feast this year. And as you know, John, I have a great affection for the, the Ugandan martyrs, and I'll talk about them on next week's programme. I'd say you will. <laughs> now, uh, one last thing, as of course it is the first, uh, first week of June, so just to remind people, the first Friday will be this week, and also the Pope's intentions for the month of June are... Uh, the general int- intention is that believers may recognize in the Eucharist the living presence of the risen one who accompanies them in daily life. So, of course, that is very much um, linked in with the course that we're having the International Eucharistic Congress in June. And then the missionary intention is that, Europe, that Christians in Europe may rediscover their true identity and participate with greater enthusiasm in the proclamation of the gospel. That's the intention. So one is for 
uh, for Europeans to rediscover their faith, and the other one is that believers may recognise the Eucharist in the Eucharist, the living presence of the risen one. And of course, John, as we said to our listeners for the last couple of weeks, please, 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 we've like, what is it now, ten, about three weeks to go to the Congress. Please keep it in your prayers. Even if you're not going for the week of the Congress itself, keep it in your prayers. Pray for the participants, pray for the volunteers, that all of it may go well and that it may, be, and that it may bring great fruits to the Church in Ireland. Shane, thank you very much indeed for that. And thanks again for your presence with us this morning, Shane. It was wonderful. Okay, because this is the last Sunday in May, and we said we'd try and do something for Our Lady this particular year, we're going to go out with a piece of music. It's from our friend Frank Patterson with oh, the lovely. Irish Philharmonic Orchestra. And it's one we all know, so you can all sing it around the kitchen this morning from our album Faith of Our Fathers. It's Our Lady of Knock. So until next week, from Shane and myself. God bless and thank you very much indeed. And as Mark said, don't forget to invite that Holy Spirit to come and join us. Until next week now. God bless you. Bye.
Sacred Space on West Limerick 102.